Get ready for Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Listen in as Doug and Aaron provide helpful tips on how to get ready. Ready or not, here comes Ready Radio. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Ready Radio, and we've got a special guest in studio today. We've got Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry, with us, joining us to talk about everything that his organization is doing. Now, I, I, I'm assuming that most of our listeners in Georgia, maybe not nationwide, but at least most in Georgia, are familiar with GeorgiaCarry.org. They are the premier lobbying group and the, the people who are out there every day protecting gun owners' rights across the state of Georgia. Uh, I wish that they were a national group because there is no national group that is anywhere near as effective as Georgia Carey has been over the last, what, 10 years, Jerry? No, it's been about eight years. Eight years. Yeah. This is, well, it's 2007. It, it is absolutely astonishing. How Matter of fact, today's our eighth birthday. Excuse me. Happy wow. birthday, GCO. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're looking at this in, in light of the legislature and what has been. You know, back in when, when I graduated from law school in 2004, um, the, the state of carry law in Georgia was absolutely atrocious. I mean, you would think that as a southern state, a, a place that is relatively gun-friendly, that this would have been a mecca to go to where people could be you know, free to carry. But you had to have a license. The license process was run by the probate court in the, the county that you lived in. It was completely disjointed. There were different standards. Some people got their licenses back in, in a week. Some people got them back in three months. There were people who would apply and never hear back and go and say, hey, what happened? What happened? And never get an answer. Um, you had the the license at in 2004. I want to say that the license wasn't even accepted by ATF for the purposes of background check. You had laws on the books like public gatherings, which meant that if there were two or more people gathered together, you were in a public gathering. Even if it was in your backyard at a family barbecue, it didn't matter. And you could be arrested for carrying your gun there. I mean, it was just absolutely atrocious. And nobody cared. And the, the prevailing logic in the legislature was gun issues are dead issues. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to deal with it. You might get one bill from the NRA every other year and we'll, we'll make people feel happy so that we can get a positive rating but nothing is going to change and don't talk about it and then here comes georgiacarry.org and everything changes somebody had to do it just and, luck <laughs> yeah well and it really was a good luck sort of thing because nobody wanted to touch it it was the third rail in georgia politics it was a it was a dead issue no matter which way you try to push it and then Georgia Kerry comes in, and there are Senate hearings on, 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 I was, House Bill 89, I think, was the first one that Georgia Kerry threw their weight behind. And, the, you know, the senators were walking out of the hearings, and nobody wanted to hear what was being said. But through a, a vast network of volunteers, and that's the big difference. I mean, Georgia Kerry mm -hmm. is not a group that's coming in with a lot of money and hiring, you know, former aides and former this and former that for all of the legislators and getting their ears bent in order to, you know, have some sort of of twist and pull with the legislature this is grassroots these are volunteers calling in people who are passionate about their rights about their freedoms and they change the world and yeah. uh, and jerry i know that you've seen a lot of this happen in your time there yeah i've seen a lot of it actually when we started off and you might have been involved in this the the guys that started it did a study on how good the gun laws were in georgia versus the others the other states the other 50 states and we came out 30, 
uh, ninth, I believe, worst at that time. Nobody could believe that. We had, due to the public gathering law that you stated a while ago, mm-hmm. we had few. Uh, we had more places off limits than any state in the country. Even even, even California, New York, California, Massachusetts. Yes, you betcha. Uh, even with a license, and the license didn't mean much because of the the public gathering law. Mm-hmm. And the reason I said we were lucky a while ago is we had a lot of people come together that. Most of us aren't native Georgians to begin with. If you look at our board of directors uh, and uh, founders, we have one from Oregon, we have one from Wisconsin, one was from Philadelphia, one was from New Jersey, uh, one of our board members is from Missouri. I think there were two or three guys from actually from Georgia that started it. So everybody got together at the right time mm-hmm. and found out what we needed to do. You know, we talked to some uh, some legislators who were gun-friendly and said, how do we get this turned around? And they, they helped us with our approach, told us what we, you know, kind of how we needed to do it and what we needed to do. And we set our goals and said what we want to do. And uh, seven guys started off in 2007, and, you know, now we're about 8,500, and we're, we're still going strong, and we're making uh, progress, and we're doing it because of the procedure that we set in place seven years ago, you know, eight the, years ago. The, it wasn't an easy road. I remember going to one of those hearings and, and seeing a certain legislator from Camilla, Georgia, get so angry at the testimony that was being presented that he stood up and walked out of the room mm-hmm. after Didn't yelling. he get ticked off about somebody mispronouncing the city's name or something? Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. somebody sure give him a tissue. He sure did, yes. <laughs> he got upset about that. I mean, if that um, and that's the sort of things that you, you deal with when you're going to try to make a change is people get angry. You know, if if someone who was on his side had made a mispronunciation because he couldn't attack anything else right there right. was nothing that that man from no. georgia Kerry said no. that was in any way attackable impunable wrong in any respect so what does he blow up at the only thing he has left right. camellia yeah <laughs> and it, i mean it was ridiculous and, and anyone course, who was watching of course that guy was from philadelphia too originally so that might have turked him a little bit but. yeah well you know that's something you come down here you got this this lifelong georgian who has been in the legislature for for years and has done nothing he didn't right. want to hear anything out of that yankee no, don't you understand uh, the mentality well they didn't want to hear anything out of pro-gun people that's yeah. right you know they the our first uh, uh for uh, well it wasn't mine I, I was there about a year later but our first uh visit into the capital it was like our gang laws are good. What, what are you worried about? Yeah. Oh. And then we started telling everybody, you know, what we have tried to do is we try to present the facts to people, and we present them in a manner that they can understand it. We don't argue with them. We just say these are the facts. You know, we can back it up. Here's mm-hmm. our proof. And uh, and we do try to do just like you were talking about. We don't really give them a lot of wiggle room. It's They have to make the decision whether they want to be on our side or the you know, if they want to be on a pro-gun as the <laughs> state they are, or be against us, one of the two. Yeah, I didn't realize how many members you have yeah, in we're, Georgia Carey. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully it's going to get bigger. But Yesterday you know. at the gun show <laughs> in, I Cartersville. Ran, in Cartersville, I ran into a gentleman that I know who I have never really talked to about his hobbies, anything he's interested in. And I'm sitting at the GCO table and I'm like, you familiar with Georgia Carey? He's like, yeah, I'm a member. I was like, really? <laughs> so it's like everybody, everybody yeah. you talk to there. I, when I first moved to Georgia in uh, in 78, I was a, a salesman, and I had some customers that I became good friends with. And in about 82 or 3, 
we lost contact with each other. We, I got out of the phone business. He uh, went into international, etc. And then this last summer, we ran across each other again uh, through a mutual friend that I found on Facebook. And he called me up, and the first thing I find out is he's a member of Georgia Carey. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he had been looking for me, but he didn't know. He's you know, and he knew playing I, he in knew your Jerry backyard. He was the executive director, but he's trying to say, that can't be him. Well, you know, you look at the, the history of the organization, and it has just bloomed. I mean, right. there are so many people who want to be a part of this. And, you know, you have a vast membership. That's true. But you have a core group of people who are very active, and that's, that's hard to find. I mean, you, you look at – let's just take the NRA. I mean, the NRA has, what, millions of members – Yes, yeah. matter of fact, they do. And I, I bet they don't have the percentage of members in the NRA who are as active as the percentage in Georgia Carey. And, and it's because that there's – That aren't firm. on the payroll. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, they were – I was in Cabela's the other evening, and they were doing a membership drive at Cabela's for the NRA. Mm-hmm. Basically, if it was if you paid for one year, you got one year free. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, so GCO, you know, they, they do their little membership thing too. But GCO has, like, active people that are trying to change right. – What? Where's the NRA in all this? Like, why aren't they trying – to change our federal laws why aren't they standing up to like gabby giffords and going hey it's it's not law-abiding citizens fault that you got capped in the head maybe you should shut your mouth <laughs> well you know the, the the flip side of that is is and i'm i'm sure jerry's not going to offer an opinions and but i i in my position here i sure can you know the nra decides to get involved in state politics a lot more than they do in federal and when they come in they throw right. their weight around they go to the legislatures and they say hey here's our bill you pass our bill any other bill is anti-gun and no matter how good the bill is or how bad the bill is they have a national agenda they want it passed in every state and if it if it's good for georgia great if it's bad for georgia who cares because it's the nra's bill well now this past year things changed if you look yeah the nra helped us get hb 60 passed they were on our side as a matter of fact yes we we met with they have a new uh, representative down here uh, a new liaison person. Okay. And we met with him year before last when we were trying to get uh, one o SB 102 passed or, uh, or SB 98, the one that, that fell right at the end because the Senate didn't send a, a conference committee report back soon enough. And we talked to him then. I think basically they realized they hadn't had a, a, a really decent gun bill passed here since before Georgia Kerry. Right. And they listened to us, and they were on our side. And actually, if somebody wanted to change something in the bill, uh, the NRA would ask them if that's okay with them. And they'd ask us, that, and they would agree that it's okay with us. And they stood up for what <coughs> we wanted in that bill. And our, our original uh, communication with them said that if, if you have something that we don't really like, put in another bill. We won't fight you. But don't mess with our bill this is what we want and they agreed to that you know it's it's surprising because you guys have gotten to the point now where you can actually influence the biggest guy on the block folks we're coming up on a commercial break so stay tuned we're going to be right back with jerry henry to talk about the upcoming legislative session what they're doing underneath the gold dome what they're doing with lawsuits and how you can get involved you're listening to ready radio right here on news talk 1160 the talk of the town And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. 
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, during the commercial break, we've been having just a lively discussion here, and some of this is things that I wish our, all of our audience could hear. And, and we were talking a little bit about this lawsuit that Georgia Kerry has filed against the governor's office here in Georgia. And this is fascinating. I mean, I, I'm a lawyer, and and my, my, my bread and butter, my trade, is to be able to go open up the code book and look at the law and then go find the cases that interpret the law and be able to come to a decision and be able to counsel my clients. So the most important thing for a lawyer is to be able to open up the code book and know what the law is. Now, I don't know if, if people are aware of how a bill becomes part of the code, but it's an involved process. What happens is first, you know, you have your House vote on a bill and then the Senate will vote on the bill and then it will go to the governor and it becomes signed into law or goes to the president and becomes signed into law. Woohoo! But this bill that has been signed into law you know, HR four two three six five nine four, whatever it is, doesn't matter. This isn't actually something that you can use in a courtroom because you know it, there are you know thousands of bills in every legislature, thousands of bills that come out of Congress, some that get passed and some that don't, and and each year they change. So how do you get to something cohesive that people can go and open up a book and read and understand? And this is where it's the the obligation of in. Georgia, there's there's a committee on it in the the um, in federal. There is it's in with the Library of Congress. They actually codify all of the bills into the U.S. Code or into the Georgia Code, and there are competing Georgia codes. I don't know if if you were aware of this, Aaron, but there's actually two companies that print the Georgia Code. It would be LexisNexis mm-hmm. and what is the other one? I know Westlaw. This. It is Westlaw, and each of these companies print their own code. So one is the official code of Georgia annotated, and then there's the the Westlaw version. So, you know, you can end up looking at codes in different books, and they could be slightly different the way they decided to codify them, and this could make a big difference. That's why we have an official as opposed to all the other codes that are out there. And in Georgia, this is a long tradition because before we had an official code, there were individual court reporters who would go and report out cases and write their own summaries. So, you know, you'd be sitting there trying your case and the judge would make a ruling and there's some guy in the back who writes down, uh, here's the facts of the case and this is the judge and the judge said this and this and this and this is the law and they would publish that. And that's what the law was because nobody else was there. And so their, their take on it became you know the the prominent thing and as time moved on then judges began started writing more and more written opinions so that if the code or if their opinion was reported improperly they could have their written opinion to go out and say no wait you guys are reporting this improperly and this was a huge issue between judges and court reporters back in the 1800s on making sure that their cases were reported properly and i am sorry to say that georgia Carey is now having to file a lawsuit for the exact same thing here we are in 2015 and we're back to are you reporting the law properly tell us jerry well georgia does have a a code revision committee and the problem arose last year hb60 of course was the one that that everybody got all upset and high over you know throughout the well throughout the world basically we had (laughs) yeah you were giving interviews international yeah it's international news that we passed a gun law in georgia this is the one that took effect July 1st, right? That's the one that took effect July the 1st. Well, at the same time that HB 60 was going through, there was another bill called HB 826, which was to do away with the zero tolerance garbage in school zones. And one of the things that, that uh, this bill did 
was it allowed a Georgia weapons license to be an exemption to carry in a school safety zone. HB 60 did not touch the school's carry. Didn't talk about it at all. Didn't talk about it at all. Left not that one section, word. That left that section alone. HB 826 comes along, and they change, you know, where you can – the purpose of HB 26, or the reason it was brought up, was because there were a couple of kids, uh, I think, in Cobb County. Another, I believe one was in Cobb County, at least. They got caught – one of them got caught with a hunting knife or a pocket knife. Mm-hmm. And he actually – I think it's, it was him that actually realized he had one, and he was at a football game, and he went up to the – to the officer and reported it and they wound up arresting him then there was the kid it. with one in his and trunk then there was the one in his tackle box right well there was one that had a um an emt knife because a friend of his had been killed in a wreck and they couldn't get the seat belt off mm-hmm. and he had the hook on the knife where you cut it in case because he was afraid that something would happen to him and somebody saw it in his car and then he got reported and then he was arrested and there there's been numerous i mean we can go back to the to the little girl that got uh, arrested with the member of the mickey mouse two-inch knife, one-inch mm-hmm. blade thing mm-hmm. on it that you would probably have trouble cleaning your fingernails with, but you know she had a weapon at school. At any rate, that was the purpose of HB 826. So HB 826 passed the House unanimously. There were two dissenters in the Senate, and when it came time to sign it into law, uh, somebody noticed that, hey, this is going to allow guns in schools. So the, the way they came, uh, the way they thought they would prevent that is they signed HB 826 first and HB 60 second and normally if a bill the bill that signed second takes precedent but that's only if, if there's, there's a conflict if there's a conflict if it's irreconcilable then HB 60 takes over would take over there is no conflict we've been told by judges there's no conflict we don't believe there's a conflict so we have sued the governor and the code revision committee to try to straighten that out wouldn't if if they didn't want this to go into effect wouldn't the proper remedy of the governor's office be to veto it veto it didn't get vetoed well it didn't get vetoed it might have had trouble i mean it was it was almost unanimous so it would it would there's a good chance that it would have been overridden yeah so uh, you know i don't know whether whether it would have been overridden if they can send it back and said, well, it allows guns in school, that might have stopped it from being overridden. We was, don't know, but was, for whatever reason, he did not veto it. Was the guns in schools aspect of it intrinsic? Was that from the beginning, or was that an amendment no, that, that someone that snuck was, in? that was always in the bill. Now, that this was, is just guns nobody, in schools carried by people who have a Georgia carry a permit, Georgia who's gone through license. a background check to get that weapons license through their local sheriff's That's department, correct. right? True. So it's not local given every hoodlum and thug the right to carry a what it what it did was right now there's an exemption an exemption basically to the law uh, of carrying on school property that if you have a georgia weapons license you can have it in your vehicle Mm -hmm. this one gave an additional one that said if you're on any school property in a school zone or any real property of school then you were exempt just as exempt as a right. police officer or right, judge and, and the or, purpose of that was to keep the zero tolerance thing from being totally crazy, right? And, well, and zero then, tolerance is a big problem here in Georgia. I mean, yeah, we, I think it's we a big problem. It's a big problem everywhere. It, what zero tolerance does, and this is just my humble opinion, but it, it's zero brains. I don't have to think. It takes away the common sense I don't have applications. You got a weapon, you're out of here. Well, that's simple. I you don't, don't even have to have a weapon. We saw in the well, news no, last week there was a little boy. Well, yeah, yeah, and wrote, he wrote, wrote bone, bone threat. threat. Yeah, 
Well, you know, you know the did the funny thing about that was if you look at sixteen three dash one, I believe, in that uh, minimum age, I believe so. Yeah, you can't charge a, a anybody under thirteen with a, a felony in the state of Georgia. Yeah, Why are I, they trying to file a well? A I would, felony? and I'm not I'm not familiar with the case, but I, what I think what happened was that they charged him as a delinquent. With that being the underpinning, if he had been an adult, it would oh, have been okay. a aggravated uh, okay. terroristic threats charge, okay. Okay. and so that set up the petition for delinquency. Then the case would have gone to a juvenile court, and a juvenile court judge would have had to evaluate whether it was reasonable or not, and okay. what steps were necessary okay. for a juvenile. I, Basically, done, what I still, saw was a was a cop with a chip on his shoulder and a little bit of vendetta who wanted to somehow make a name for himself even if it was at a little kid's expense well, he know, just seemed like a bully to me to me he he's the zero tolerance zero brain yeah poster child to. yeah poster <laughs> child for it i mean you know in my day we did man it, i would i would i guess i'd probably been in prison from when i went to school because <laughs> i grew up in a small town in north texas and we we did things you know i mean we didn't have all these other things to do, so we had to go out and have fun. And we did things that, that not necessarily illegal, but um, it was perhaps ill advised. Yes, I went it, to it high was, school yeah. in Virginia, and I carried a pocket knife with me to school oh, every day. Oh yeah, well every we day. had guns in the car; it wasn't a big deal. I went to high school in a suburb of Minneapolis, and I, I dare say I'm, I'm slightly younger than everyone else in this room. And when I was in high school. I we had a spirit week and you're supposed to dress up as a character from history. I dressed up as a World War One doughboy and I came in costume with a gun on my side. It was a BB gun, but it was a copy of a 1911. Even yeah. back then, I yeah. carried a 1911. And lo and behold, nobody said anything. The, the um, principal came up to me and said, "Is that a real gun?" I said, "Well, it, it's a BB gun." He's like, "Okay," and he walked off. Yeah, yeah, that that. That was a different time. I mean, you know, if we got caught doing something back then, we would be taken in. We would be talked to. Our parents may or may not be called. They would normally be called because in, in my day, of course, you know, I'm an old man, but in my day, my day, you got your butt busted at school. You got it busted at home. Yeah. I mean, my day, you didn't get you know. it busted at school because the teachers were already lacking the common sense. So they would call your parents, and if your parents didn't bust your butt, then you were out of control. Yeah. That's when they filed the and unruly on you. Yeah, and that's when it got got to it. But, but like I said, I, I've had I've had more than a couple of counselings, and and the last one that I had when I was in high school straightened me out. So. Well, folks, we're coming up on another commercial break. Um, we will return with, with Madman Jerry Henry, who <laughs> was counseled a lot in high school, and uh, talk a little more about GCO when we get back. You're listening to News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. Welcome back, everybody. We're here talking to Jerry Henry from Georgia Carey, and we've had some really exciting things, you know, done in the legislature over the last few years. And I, I think that, you know, the law we were talking about that allows carry onto school grounds if you have a valid permit. You know, I think back to the law that allowed you to carry into restaurants that serve alcohol, and the law that got rid of the public gathering. This is phenomenal, but there's still a lot, lot more road to travel before we get to where we really should be with carry rights. I mean, I, I spent the last couple of years up in Alaska where they have a permit, but they're, the only laws that you can be 
charged with involve the actual use of a firearm, not the carry of a firearm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are some prohibited places outright. You know, you've got jails, you've got mental institutions. But by and large, the entire state of Alaska, which is about the size of half of the continental U.S. Right. Well, I shouldn't say continental because Alaska is on the continent. But the lower 48, right. about half the size of that state is pure open. You can carry anywhere mm-hmm. you want to go. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have a permit. Now, they issue a permit. You can get a right. permit for reciprocity. And they recognize every permit in the country. Right. So they have full reciprocity if you're going to travel. But if you're going to stay inside that gigantic state, you don't need a permit. You can just right. carry. You know, I was uh, really excited about the carrying guns into church. I know this sounds awful, right? We had an open carry wedding. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Good. There were a lot of firearms at I my think wedding. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dad had a shotgun. Brother had a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's. I think that that was a really big issue. And I think, and this was something that always bothered me. The old law said that you could not carry into a church, and it specifically said church. So it was discriminatory because it was discriminating against Christians carrying into their church, but it said nothing about Jewish people carrying into a synagogue or Islamic people carrying into a mosque. And, you know, there are a lot of prominent Muslims in the Southeast who were not, you know, under that rubric that a Christian would have been. You know, there are a lot of people who practice Islam and practice Judaism down here, and I think that it was very discriminatory. I mean, think about some famous Muslims in our area, you know, we've got like Dr. Oz, you know, who's on TV every day, and Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, that was changed uh, to say places of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually. Eventually, in 2010, but uh, we still want it all done away with. We we were not uh, as pleased. We were pleased that, that we got what we did on church carry last year, but our feeling is it's private property. The government doesn't need to be into it. The Absolutely. churches need to take care of that. And now uh, I think we have an unconstitutional law in that uh, you can be arrested on that property and fined up to $100. And that's the only piece of private property in the state of Georgia that you can be fined for going on to that property. So I, I think that if, if that's ever brought up in court that that will probably be struck down but we wanted it to be just like bars just like my house just like Mm -hmm. anybody else it's private property not only is church private property we have this thing called the first amendment that says the state can't get into it yeah so they they shouldn't be regulating anything in the church and uh, you know but at least we got to where we we did it's a step forward and and it's uh you know it's better than than the way we were as a matter of fact you were talking about the the old laws with the church you couldn't carry to or while at mm-hmm. so it couldn't you, even be in your car and it could not be in your vehicle and churches had a had a separate one not only can it not be in the parking lot it couldn't be within 200 yards of the parking lot if you remember wow. that one because back in 1800 farmer jones had a shotgun in his um in his buggy and it was 200 yards away or 180 yards away and he ran over and got it and therefore they the courts ruled that he couldn't you know he had to be without it you couldn't be within 200 yards of it do we even know where these laws came from these old laws that are antiquated they came from Jim Crow laws, basically, out of the Civil War. Ridiculous. When uh, the public gathering came from Jim Crow, from uh, because they didn't at that time there had been a um, Supreme Court, Georgia Supreme Court case that said that only uh, citizens of Georgia 
could hold public office, and that was the sheriffs and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And they also stated that blacks were not citizens of Georgia, so therefore all of the law enforcement and everything else were white. So they were the ones that got to decide the law, and it was written up as a public gathering where they could decide whether it was a public gathering or not. Yeah. So and we're if still you're black and had a gun, you were going to be at a public gathering. If you were white, it was okay. So we're still Maybe. living under laws in Georgia that were based on racism? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, we were. We've got rid of most of them. The, the church, okay. I guess, would be probably the only one left. When we got rid of the public gathering law in 2010 with SB 308, uh, that basically repealed the public gathering and Jim Crow laws. But they held the church as an off-limits place. And then we got it to where the church can now make their decision. Yeah, and that's that's so important. But where do we go from here? I mean, I I lived in a state that was really constitutional carry. Is that on the horizon for Georgia? Are we going to get to the point where you can carry a gun? You can just carry a gun because shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed? Well, we hope so. However, one of the things that we want to do before we attack that is there are a lot of places, such as Aaron said just a while ago, Here's a person that's 21 years old, had background checks by the FBI, the GBI, the mental checks, the sheriff. Everybody's happy with them. They give them a license, and then they're allowed to carry places. When you, when you open up a new place to carry, people say, we don't want people there. When you can come back and say, look, we're only talking about people. With a license. 21, etc. Then it's a little more, people are a little more receptive to that. And when we clear off all those other places, then we'll... We'll turn our attention to that. But see, this makes the public more comfortable. Have you noticed the attitude towards open carry has changed in Georgia in the last five to eight years where, I mean, you said 10 years ago when you started carrying yourself that, that the attitude was crazy and that people were scared. Yeah. And oh, now yeah. you carry and people, it doesn't even phase anybody. Well, for the most part, that's true. There are There's a group of moms around, though, that want Try to scare everybody, but that's, that's a bunch of, of of bitty women that don't have anything better to do. And I'm a woman, and I can say that they they need to go well, like get a hobby, crochet, sew. There are an awful lot of moms who carry and who are very pro Second Amendment. So you know th- those things happen. But but uh, you're right. I I openly carry everywhere I go unless I am uh, wearing a coat. I'm you know, a gun-toed mama, and I'm yeah. proud of it. <laughs> and. Uh, and I, I have never been stopped or approached or nobody looked like they're scared because I was there. And my opinion is, and it's always been, and I think Doug agrees with this, if you carry it like it belongs there, people don't question it. If you walk in, fill in with it, you know, moving around, checking, make sure it's there, then you're going to scare people. Yeah. But it's your actions that scare them. And not necessarily the gun, because they don't know what you're trying to do. The guy in Florida, I was just about to to bring that up anyway. The guy in Florida gets out of his truck and puts his gun in its holster. Well, A, he drew attention by putting the gun in the holster. Gun should have already been in the holster. He walks into the Walmart in Florida, and some moron tackles him. Now, the gentleman that had the gun, had a concealed permit, was legally allowed to, to carry that firearm took the gun off and handed it to a Walmart associate and says, I'm allowed to have it, I'm allowed to have it while this guy's on top of him. This guy didn't know what he was bargaining for because the guy could have just shot him. He's being attacked. Oh, yeah. But I agree. <laughs> he better be glad that these people with but the my, permits are restrained. My understanding was that, that he had a coat on when he got out of the car and it just flashed. The guy saw it. Because for one thing, in, in Florida, you're not supposed to get out of a car with a gun on your side in open in plain view everything has to be concealed Concealed. yeah Yeah. but you can accidentally flash it you know if you're 
you know, wind blows your coat up or something. That's different. Yeah. And I think that's what happened. But regardless, the guy, I agree, he took his life in his own hands. How stupid can you be? You know, I, I, whether the guy was supposed to have the gun or not, you don't you don't no. confront somebody with a that has no. a gun. What's wrong with you? You call if if it really bothers you. Call, call nine one one and yeah. walk them around. Follow them around. Man, you know. Well, you see, but, I I had I that mean, experience with the first time I ever opened carry. I opened carry into a Kroger. It was late at night. I did not have anything to cover up with, and it was I was a little bit like, eh, oh, who cares? I know I'm legal. Mm-hmm. So I walked in there. I walked around back, and the customer service desk kind of flipped out. And next thing you know, I've got the store manager someone else following me around the entire store i'm like okay well okay i've got an audience i've got an audience so (laughs) i i went and i got did my shopping and i went up front and i was standing at the self-service checkout and the person in front of me is doing all their thing and i'm just standing there waiting with my bag and they're watching me they keep talking back and forth and watching me and the woman in front of me picks up all her stuff and takes off and i walk up to the self-service thing and i look at it and it says please insert 97.52 and i'm like hmm I turn around to the store manager. I was like, she just walked off without paying. And they look at each other and they took off running after her. And then I moved to the other kiosk and checked out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good thing I had the manager there. because They didn't was, look at you and go, well, aren't you going to go after her? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's a different story for another day. Yeah. But So you're, you're saying that there, there's a strategy here and we're going to get to a point where we are going to make a real solid push for constitutional carry in Georgia. We will when we re- when we get the other places out of the way. Awesome. You know, right now our feeling is yes, it may be $7 a year now it was more, but once you start renewing it again it's only about $7 a year. And we feel it's worth $7 a year to be able to to carry and knock down those other places. When we get to where there's nothing else to do basically in the state of Georgia that's what we'll go for. Well, folks, we're at a commercial break. You've got a promise from the executive director, Georgia Carey, that we're working towards constitutional carry in this state. And we'll be right back. You'll listen to News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. We're back, everybody, and you're listening to the kind of a special edition of Ready Radio this week as we have the executive director of Georgia Carry on with us, who just told us that Georgia Carry is working towards constitutional carry in the state of Georgia, so you won't need a license. But you know, during the commercial break, Aaron, you brought up an interesting point that as the current state of the law in Georgia is that the police can't even ask you for your permit. Is that, is that true, Jerry? Well, they cannot detain you solely for the purpose of determining whether or not you have a license. If they have probable cause or reasonable articular suspicion, then they can. But yeah. if they, if you're walking down the street, minding your own business, and he sees a gun on your hip, he is not allowed to stop you solely to find out if you have a license, which are, there's numerous Supreme Court cases that have said that, that, that the Second Amendment, uh, that there's no exception for the Second Amendment in the Fourth Amendment. So... Uh, it's illegal search and seizure. Well, what do, what do you say to all the people who say, well, you know, I'm driving my car, and they can pull me over and ask me for my license and registration when they pull me over? Well, but they can't do it without probable cause or well, reasonable they, they article make suspicion. Well, if they make it up, then they have to be able to to articulate it in court if you push it that far. Doug can tell you that, I think. Uh, so they're, they can't just do it. They can... Any good cop's going to make up some kind of lie about it, but, you know, 
uh, yeah. no, I shouldn't say lies. You say they good can make cop? Up, <laughs> any, any cop that's been around a while can come up with some kind of excuse if that's what they want to do. One of the things that has changed, in my opinion, in the last seven or eight years in the state of Georgia is law enforcement have changed their opinion about uh, carry now. There's an awful lot of police used to. You would rarely ever see a policeman that said, I support your you're right. Now the majority of them admit that they do. Now they might have back then, but uh, the, due to whoever they were were working for, the police chief or the mayor or the city council, whatever, they might not feel as, as obligated to say that. They would have to try to, to hide that fact. But you don't see as many of those cases that we used to see that Georgia Carey spent years building their reputation on on suing people for violating people's civil rights just because they were carrying a firearm right and i think that that's really commendable i mean we we as as a legal community our job is to hold the system accountable that's i mean correct. whether you're a prosecutor your defense attorney or plaintiff's attorney whether you're an insurance company's attorney the whole game of being a lawyer is to make sure everyone else is doing right and then they're doing the same to you they're making sure you're doing right and right. in the end all of these competing forces pull out uh, a system where people are protected. I mean, you know, you hear a lot about people complaining about tort reform. Well, you know, that million dollar lawsuit that gets paid out forces a company that would normally not take notice of their hot coffee or of their, you know, products that fall down and hit people on the head and not think of it as a big deal. But when you get a million dollar lawsuit and you lose it, it's suddenly a big deal. And putting up that, you know, $40 worth of netting to keep the products from falling off is cheap. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, things can swing in the other direction you can get to be a nanny state where nothing is possible right. but that's you know business has its interests right. and the, the lawsuits have their interests and here we see you know concerned citizens finally holding police officers to task for their attitudes yes, that's and right. you, mm -hmm. you're never going to change a police officer's attitude through a criminal defendant's case right because as far as law enforcement is concerned and i'm i'm don't think i'm stepping on any toes here they're scum you've got these people who are out there breaking the law and scum i had a prosecutor and i used to be a prosecutor i had a prosecutor once tell me when i said that you know it is it is a shame on this state when two-thirds of all the adult population is either incarcerated on parole or probation and he says well are you on parole or probation i said no he said well then i guess it's working well, that's not true. No, and no, it's not, failing. That's no. the reason it's two thirds. Yeah. If it was five percent, then it would maybe be working. But when it's two thirds, it's a big failure. But the attitude that people who commit crimes are criminals, and everybody who is accused is in the same boat, is prevalent in law enforcement. I mean, that's just yeah. it. Because yeah. if they didn't think they they had done something wrong, they wouldn't arrest them, right? right. I mean, Correct. they're the ultimate gatekeeper. Yeah. And so to change their opinion, you can't do it like you would through a lawsuit right. with Home Depot. Right. You have to bring in people who are spotless and pure and say, what are you doing? Yeah. And Georgia Carey does that on a daily basis. Well, one of the things that, that, that will tell you how we have grown in stature, stature uh, with several organizations is you would, you would probably – most people would probably be surprised at the number of calls that I got – uh, and, and inquiries that I got from local, well, not local, from Georgia law enforcement agencies on HB60 asking uh, us to help them with their training program, make sure that they understood everything about it, and, and they are coming to us. I've had judges, I had a judge last week call me and ask me my interpretation of one of the statutes. He said, that's the way I interpret it, but I want to make sure you were right. Mm -hmm. it, had to, it had to do with... Um, 
with a 19-year-old carrying a farm in his vehicle. Obviously, that's okay. Yeah. But he can't purchase it. No. He can't legally purchase ammunition for it. Yeah. But he can carry it if his parents give it to him. He can carry it in his vehicle or in his home or place of business. No, you, when you say firearm, you mean handgun? I mean handgun. Hand I mean, yes. But when it comes to a rifle. Rifle, he can do it without a problem. He can purchase he it and the ammunition. He can do that at 18. That's correct. But uh, the fact that, that law agencies are reaching out to us to help with the training Mm-hmm. says wonders to me yeah that's that's amazing i mean it it i never thought we would i never thought we'd get anywhere near where we are i i sat back at times and i pinched myself saying are you sure you're not dreaming you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're not going to be able to carry your farm outside your house but so far i haven't woken up from that so that tell, dream. tell the greater atlanta audience and our na- nationwide listeners how they can become a member of georgia carry uh, well, there's several ways. Uh, the easiest way is go to georgiacarry.org, our website. And over on the left-hand side at the top, there is a, a big letters that say join. And you can join online. You can print out an application. Um, and you can print out a, a lifetime application. It's $20 a year for membership. And it's $500 for a lifetime member. And... Um, how many or, how many years does that break down to someone with good who's good in math what lifetime yeah well it depends mine's mine's gonna be shorter than yours <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking i've already i've already year. i've already been through a whole bunch of bad well but it, you know the people that that become lifetime members the people that become lifetime members don't look at it that way they are they are supporting the cause that's why i became a lifetime member uh i mean i i think um let me see, fifteen dollars. I believe that's thirty-three years or something. Well, well I was I, I was in my sixties when I became a lifetime member. So at it, ninety-seven, I, you know, I would have broken even. But it's because the cause that we're supporting. Well, you know, average life expectancy right now is running around seventy-five years. So if it's uh, the, it's very tw- cost-effective for me to do this. <laughs> every single person who's I'm under, scared about the seventy-five myself. <laughs> every single person who's under the age of fifty or turning fifty this year is best served by doing a lifetime membership. That's right correct. there. There's a math for you. We have really enjoyed having Jerry here, but we do need to mention our sponsors oh, and products the true, of the week. True Prep product of the week. I know that True Prep is having a huge influx of ammunition, and, and it kind of ties in with the Georgia Carry spot. So swing by True Prep in Marietta at 1000 Cobb Parkway North. Uh, say hello to their wonderful staff who can answer all of your questions and pick up a case of 223 or 556 ammo this week. They also have that pocket constitution. And that is always a good thing to have on hand, even if the people who are in, in high office and white houses don't know what it means. Anyway, folks, you know this has been a, a great episode. I think that we've had a lot of really riveting discussion. It's fun to hear about the lawsuits. It's fun to hear that there is some, some hope in the future that one day we won't need to have a permit that makes us you know register our being with the government unless we choose to, and that we can just exert and exercise our God-given rights to protect ourselves, our family, our friends, and even those people who are around us who may not believe in guns, but our presence in the community makes them safer too. So if you want to reach out to Doug or myself, you can reach me at Aaron at readyradio.net or Doug at readyradio.net. You can also reach out to Doug regarding his legal practice at Doug at kingslawoffice.com. And you can check us out on Facebook or Twitter. Of course, go to the georgiacarry.org website, which is obviously www.georgiacarry.org, all spelled out, not G-A. 
because GAO is not quite it. But GeorgiaCarry.org. You know, the, the problem is I'm a member of the bar here, right? And so the Georgia bar made their um, website, instead of writing out Georgia, they just did GA. So it's GABar.org. And I just have a feeling that typos and autocorrect could really get you in trouble. GayBar.org. There you go. <laughs> Actually, actually, I think if there's, I I believe if there's any combination of georgiacarry.org, including .com, .net, etc., I think we own those. You've snapped them all up. (laughs) That's awesome. Because you could get, you can get there uh, pretty easy. Google or whatever. But uh, and if you get there uh, and you have any questions about it, my contact Jerry Henry uh, contact there. And you can call me anytime you want to, and I'll be glad to answer any questions anybody might have. And we you, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, I enjoyed it, and as if, usual. If, if, folks, if you can't find the website, just call up the governor's office. They know all about it. <laughs> I'm sure so, they do. <laughs> folks, this has been another episode of Ready Radio. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week at the same time on this station. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Tune in each week as Doug and Aaron get you ready for anything that comes your way. Ready Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.